Hey, good morning. It's Josh Watcock here at the Partridge Group, and um, we get the fine opportunity of interviewing and speaking with one of our own, uh, Alex Cabrero. It's it's so good to have you here. Um, I'm I'm I've been looking forward to this moment. You're you're a great dude. You do great stories involving police, firefighters, wellness, and I'm excited to have you here. So thanks for coming. And Josh, thank you for the invite and for your trust. Uh, through the years, I've gotten to know you a little bit, and. Uh, I know where your heart is, and I know you care about this topic, and man, it's such an important topic, especially after this past year. Yeah, yeah, it's, it really is, and I, I, the whole reason behind this podcast, Alex, is we wanted to, I wanted to do something a little bit different that, would, that we could send out to organizations, that we could send out to agencies that they could use for wellness programs and put it in their, their peer support newsletters yeah. and different things like that. And uh, you just give guys an opportunity to hear about others' experiences in the community with law enforcement, with police. And, you know, I bring you here because of what I mentioned. You, you've always, police and fire and wellness and, and those type of stories have always been in your book. And, and you've always put them as a priority. And uh, I, I'm just curious, why, why, do, you, why do you do that? What, what, what's, what's behind it? You know, it, I've thought about that myself. And a lot of times, especially with the past year where law enforcement is getting, getting a beat up a lot you know yeah. people say why do you care so much and you know Josh <laughs> I couldn't do that job yeah you know what I mean and and I respect and, and praise the officers men and women who get out there on the line and and do a tough job that's going to beat them up mentally physically yeah. Yeah. when they go home it affects their relationships their marriages their their time with their kids and and God bless, I'm just happy that someone is out there doing that job. Now, of course, if an officer messes up and does something wrong, I still have to do that story where sometimes it doesn't sure. put law enforcement in the best light. But I, I always tell my bosses, if, if we're gonna if we're gonna beat them up when they do something wrong, we gotta do something when they do it right. We gotta take care of those stories because I think those positive stories are just as important, if not more important, uh, than the negative stuff. And in getting to know a few officers really well, I had no idea how often they take this stuff home and how yeah. often it beats them up days, weeks, months, years down the line yeah. if they don't get this off their chest because it's tough. And, it's and, tough. And, and I go out on a lot of these scenes as well all across the state where something terrible has happened and, and it affects me and I'm not even involved. I'm not even seeing the bad stuff that sometimes you, you guys see. And, um, and mental health is just... In all aspects of society, it's so important right now, but especially with law enforcement, because a lot of times uh, I hear from some officers off the record even that they feel like they don't get the support from their department. If they're at a smaller department, they don't feel like it's encouraged for them to get the help or or there's that macho image where I have to be a robot. I have to be this bad A <laughs> person yeah, uh, yeah. Who, who never, who, who nothing bothers because that's what the public expects. But uh, the more we talk about this stuff, I think the the better it is for, for everybody. Better for the police force, better for society. And there has to be an understanding from society that, man, without law enforcement, it's chaos. Without without these men and women doing this very tough job, who are you going to call where, when where something... Would, where right, would we be? Right, just, where like, would we be? And I think we saw a glimpse of that a little bit this summer with some of the civil unrest. And, and yes, those topics are important to talk about and sure. some change needs to happen for sure. But you saw in some communities when maybe law enforcement wasn't around and, and what could happen so quickly. You saw up in Seattle, that whole Chaz zone or whatever, you know, right, and, and right. absolute chaos, Josh. And 
man, law enforcement is a tough job. I'm happy you retired. I'm happy you're out of it. But I'm happy you also have the experience you have to help those officers still in there and those coming up because hopefully they get the help that maybe you didn't have or didn't acknowledge or recognize early on. Which I think you make a great point. You know, I, I went through some of my own problems many years ago in about 2010 where I, I, I suffered from some severe depression and anxiety and other things that, you know, I didn't really realize were associated with this job until, you know, uh, friends and people just started saying, hey, you're not the person you used to be and, and you need to get a grip. But we didn't have peer support team programs. We didn't have uh, EAP programs. We didn't, those, those things weren't available. We still stuck with the, you know, suck it up, rub, rub some dirt <laughs> on the wound and, and go about your business to the next call until finally, you know, I realized I was in some serious trouble. And it took me a long time to be able to find a therapist, like you said, that really, you know, understood the culture, that really understood what we do, that really had an understanding of, of our jobs and, and the severity of the traumas that are exposed to police and firefighters. And uh, once I did that, I said, man, there's got to be other people on the other side of this badge to help these folks. And that's when I made the, the turn that I was going to go back to school and I was going to get my degree and I was going to be be a therapist for these folks because it's so needed like you said it's just there's not enough and as you probably started talking to other officers Josh you probably saw that there are a lot of them that feel just like you do yeah yeah it was it was a, a real pivotal moment that I said yeah we've got to do something different as you've as you've talked with these other firefighters and, and police officers yeah. what when you bring up the fact of, of mental health and wellness and do they ever talk to you just off the camera and say, you know, we wish we had certain programs or we wish that we could go talk to somebody or we wish that we could... Does any of this ever get brought up? Sometimes, yes. Maybe not so much on a scene, but if, I, if, I'm, if I'm doing something at an awards ceremony and, I, and an officer grabs me afterwards yeah. and talks to me about maybe a story I've done in the past about uh, mental health, they'll say, man, that, that really hit home because I'm dealing with some stuff. Yeah. Uh, I play on a baseball team and we have a few law enforcement officers on that team and it's after games sometimes where this stuff starts, uh, starts coming up. And, uh, and they, I, what I hear a lot is, man, I didn't know anybody else felt like this. I didn't know, sure. I thought sure. there was something wrong with me is what I, is what I hear a lot from, from those officers, that they thought there was something wrong with them. And, uh, and in talking about it, they realize there's so much more, uh, there's so many more people out there who feel just as they do. And, uh, and sometimes just that, that talking amongst peers and law enforcement, because no one else understands the job you do except another officer or another firefighter. It's hard to just talk to somebody who doesn't maybe get it, per se, you know? Yeah. Yeah. But, but, um, but yeah, I would hear from them often that, that they were surprised that there are others who feel just like them because they say that they, sometimes they felt broke or lost or they were in sure. this haze or fog and, and they didn't know how to get out of it. Sometimes a vacation doesn't work. You think you're going to get away for a vacation for a week or two, and it, it doesn't clear your head the way you thought it does, is, is what I've heard from one officer I know very well. So he would take vacations a lot and call in sick a lot, thinking if I just took some time off, I'll be okay when I come back. But it, it wasn't working yeah. because there was you have to take that next step. Which I think you hit on a few key points right there, is especially that we do that as police. Yeah. And these are things that I'm going around and teaching uh, supervisors and, and peers uh, as a part of being here at the Partridge Group is recognizing that your employee is calling in too sick or recognizing that uh, their reports are not written really well or they're backing into polls and having more accidents than they should. Things like this to, to begin to recognize and ask, hey, Officer Jones, you're not feeling real good. We need to get you in and see somebody and make that encouragement and make that next step. So 
that's kind of what we're trying to do is is make people comfortable to come in and seek some therapy and get some help because I mean my she shed in here it's a nice look I mean it's not uncomfortable at all to be in here and we do yeah. good things here we get people well we, we tear them down we fix we get we get them some help and we put them out the door healthy and that's what we're trying to achieve I didn't know the so you can notice that from a department standpoint when you notice yeah. somebody calling in sick more they're getting a little few things like hitting a pole yeah, that's great that that there's a process in place to at least educate managers and administrators to look out for this stuff. I didn't know that. Yeah, it, it's going to be a, it's going to be great because I mm. think as a as supervisors and not everybody knows what to look for when people are are suffering from uh, early stages of having some mental health issues, and so I think that'll be really helpful for for people. One thing that um uh, in an officer I know really well that I play ball with, uh, he says something that really helped is that. His department makes it a priority to to also have the spouses come in to talk, Great separate yes. from their you know from their husband or their wife. That there's actually a support group for the spouses where they can come in and talk about things going on at home. And I and he says that's something that the department started a few years ago, and uh, and his wife told me, boy, that really worked because I didn't realize her other wives like this and what she can look for you know at home and and having that support at home is. Well, you know, it's it's yeah. everything. Without it's that support at home, you you feel like you're getting beat up on at work. You come home and maybe things aren't clicking the way you want them with your spouse, and you don't get that escape. So having something for also spouses, I think, is is part of the puzzle for sure. Yeah, and we're gonna we're gonna incorporate some of that too because I think you, what you said, the support at home. My wife went through yeah. uh, more hell than I probably did half the time, not yeah. realizing that I wasn't there and not home and, and my own kids. So I, I want to ask you. Uh, I, I think, yeah. like you said, you know, you go to these calls for service and, and it impacts your inner soul. That what do you, yeah. <laughs> you know, we, we, you don't even realize that you're being, you know, you're being, you're having some vicarious trauma. You're being, sure. expo- you don't have to see the event, right. but just having a relationship with this officer, having this conversation, it affects us, it affects you. Yeah. But how do you find how do you find the resilience? How do you, how do you work on your own <laughs> mental health and make I, sure that you're good? Yeah, I go to batting cages a lot. <laughs> That's kind of been my escape playing ball. You know, if it's a tough day, uh, I'll, I'll I'll go to a batting cage after work and just take it out on a baseball. <laughs> you know, that that's been my escape. But but sometimes you know it's it's deeper than that. I joke about that, but uh, but sometimes it's deeper than that. And we do have something at, at KSL where we can speak to a, a psychologist or a mental health professional. Mm-hmm. There is a, a, an, a an employee assistance program, an right. EAP, in place for us to do that. And and we've used it a lot, especially the past year with everything going on. Um, but also, I think journalists feel sometimes the same way that law enforcement officers do. Is that oh, I have to be the journalist. I have to be the one that can calm everything down and be professional and, and tell a, a competent story on yeah, TV and not yeah. let it affect me. But man, Josh, every time I go to a scene and and a kid is killed or something bad happens, and you hear that mom screaming, that stuff you don't forget. No, it impacts you. Oh, it does. And and you see it on the officers' faces. And I was sharing a story with you before we recorded. We were up in Logan, where um. This four-year-old girl was was raped and then killed by a family member, and uh, they they couldn't find a body, couldn't yeah. find a body, and, and eventually they did. And, and there was this officer there who'd been there. He was on his last week before he retired. He'd been there twenty wow. plus years, and we have a picture of him just holding his head and looking up at the sky, like what's going on in this world. And, and I reached out to him afterwards, and we actually did a story with this with this detective, and he said. It just doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. None of it makes sense sometimes, and and so it, it it definitely affects these officers. I mean, 
And, and society sometimes needs to understand that, that you're human. Yeah. <laughs> you're human, and this stuff affects you too. And, uh, and, I, and, and us journalists, we, we see that often in, in urban and rural and the suburbs, that it all affects you all in, in, in a certain sort of way. And uh, it's tough. Yeah, it it's is. tough. But speaking about it more and more, especially with hardcore journalists that have been there a while, <laughs> it, it's so important for us to talk about it. And sometimes we don't want to look weak, <laughs> especially Isn't as journalists. Isn't that the stigma with everybody? Right. You see it in police, fire, and, right. and all those services. Right. And it's the same with you folks. Right, right. especially on a police scene where it's like, how are we going to say we're weak as journalists? How are we going to admit that when, when we're dealing with something where officers are, are way more involved with it? It's, yeah. it? it's a balancing act, but, that, but talking about yet, yeah, you don't have to be so macho, I think is so important. It, it, it's that stigma, Josh, for sure. Well, I'm glad that you're able to recognize it because, um, you know, it's not just about police and fire. It's, uh, it's about how all of us as a as community can do better in, in addressing mental health, whether it's with you, whether it's with me. I think it's it, it's it's okay to be not okay. It, it's it, it's it's okay to say, hey, I need a, I need to go in and, and chat with somebody. If you don't, you end up in problems. Like I saw within my own self, you can probably see within your own self. You become irritable. You become angry. We become grumpy. We stomp our feet. Your wife says, "What the hell's going on?" Yes. I mean, just all all those type of things. So yeah. I I'm glad that you've brought some of that here with yeah. you today and, and yeah. was able to be vulnerable and, and share some of those feelings that you experienced yeah. too. I like that. It's okay to not be okay. Boy, that makes all the sense in Doesn't the world, Josh, because yes, I've come to notice that when I'm feeling irritable, <laughs> you know, and I bring that home, you're right. It's okay to not be okay. My wife recognizes that too, that sometimes, all right, let's just let Alex do his <laughs> thing, but she'll, she'll ask me now and, and she's to the point where she'll ask me, hey, you're doing okay. What'd you deal with? Um, do you need to go away? Do you need to talk to someone? You know, because um, it's okay to not be okay. And, and it's okay to cry. It's okay yeah, for absolutely. men to cry. <laughs> I've I ball all the time, bro. So do I now. I, I ball all the time. <laughs> <laughs> so do I. Watching a movie, there could be some part, and you know, E.T., and I'm going to forget about it. I'm done. <laughs> so it's, uh, you know, it's real. And, 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 I, and I hope that as we continue on as society, I hope that officers continue to realize that Especially in those smaller departments, Josh, especially in those rural departments where officers are often on their own, yeah. backup is hours away, and they feel they have to be robotic and macho because it, they're out in the middle by themselves. And if they appear weak in their mind, they're going to think that the society and the public won't trust them to do their job, that there's something wrong with them. So I think especially in those smaller rural departments, this mental health is is crucial and beneficial and and you hope that there's a budget there where they can get some help you know well and the other thing that that's nice um that fop regardless if you're a member or not but you're a certified law enforcement officer will pay for four sessions for that's free awesome. so th there's help there it's just getting people to realize that uh, you know four sessions is barely going to break into some pro oh, some yeah. concerns but at least it's there we can yeah. come in you can have the services paid for and you can begin to, to, to see how healthy you can become by, by even, like you said, just talking about things, getting things out there and loading it back. But Alex, I want to give you kudos. I appreciate you being here today. You you do a lot of, of good for the community. Thank you. It's it's important. It is. And like I said before, I, I couldn't do yeah. the job. I could not do the job, especially what I know now and what you deal with on a day-in and day-out yeah. basis. But I am so appreciative that there are men and women out there who, who can do the job and who want to do the job uh, for all the right reasons. You know, uh, 
are there a few bad apples? Of course, in oh, any it's, business, it's in reporting be, too, in journalism too. But but <laughs> I don't know the statistics, but. 90 plus percent 95 percent of officers get into it for the right reasons they want to help people and sometimes it's okay for them to need a little help themselves it's man it's it's real it's yeah. real josh <laughs> and i'm always of course shedding a tear here and there because yeah. i think the world of you and, and uh, you always do your best to share you know positive stories it's important <laughs> and uh, even though you guys get a bad rap here and there but you, yes you for the most part are always doing something kind for yeah. the community and for law enforcement and fire so um Thanks for coming in today. I appreciate it, Alex. You know, that, uh, from the bottom of my heart. So, anytime, Josh, and, and I'll be bugging you more often. In, in Come the on in, dude. We got coffee. We got yeah. donuts. <laughs> of course, you have donuts. If this is we a got... law enforcement place, right? <laughs> no, no, but uh, thank in you. All, in all honesty, thanks for being here today. An honor. Thank you for having me. And anytime, this is this is important, and I'm so happy that there are places for some of these officers to go, yeah. some of these firefighters to go, you know, chatting with firefighters too who, who deal with some of these situations and where there's a loss of life. Yeah. I mean, it's yeah. it's it's not exclusive. I, I remember I did a, a, real quick, if we have a couple minutes, um, a story with a Salt Lake City firefighter who, who were, sat down in a park and we shared our experiences and call after call after call, medical after medical after medical, and he remembers it was just getting to him to the point where he clearly told me he was sitting on his bed with a gun in his mouth yeah, yeah. <laughs> and and couldn't pull that trigger and thank goodness he didn't pull that trigger decided to get help right then and there and it worked <laughs> and, and I think that's the other thing Josh is that talking to somebody and getting help it works it's not voodoo it, it's not just going through the motions it, it really can help yeah and I think you get on a key point I mean therapies having this relationship 80 percent of what you do in therapy is the relationship with the client and 15 20 percent is really the techniques we use so it's finding the right person getting involved and uh, by all means if if we here at the partridge group can do anything to, to help anybody these people know where we can find us our cards are out there our business is pretty well known for law enforcement so alex you're a stud dude thanks man thanks for coming in today anytime Josh. have Thank a good you. one man okay